Hello and welcome to Tipple Theory. Tipple Theory is an exploration of the history and practice of creating alcohol around the world. On this show, we will share some of the history of how your favorite beverages came to be, as well as techniques professional bartenders use to elevate your poison of choice into an experience worth savoring. Uh, my name is Sean. And I'm September. Yay! <laughs> and we're going to be your hosts uh, for this and hopefully many, many episodes to come. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the basic tools and hardware you should have behind your bar before you start making cocktails, whether you're at home or a professional or somewhere in between. Uh, before we get started, please visit patreon.com backslash tipple theory to find other episodes once we record them and ways to support us. <laughs> it's just a slash. Is it just a slash? Uh, well, it, was, it is just a slash. It was, it was in there wrong. It was typed incorrectly. You know, if you go to Patreon and you combine that with tipple theory, you'll find it. I mean... You'll get it. Google knows what you meant. <laughs> Bing might not. Uh, so before we dig into it, uh, since this is our very first episode, uh, and we, we kind of want to have a little space just to, to briefly get to know us, um, and, and maybe what we've been up to recently. Um, and I, I like September, we made notes, and I'm seeing your notes September. I want you to go first anyway. I, I like your update. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I did some really cool stuff. I went on a TTRPG cruise, D3 Etsy. And um, so that was fun. I, I got to play D&D uh, &D in Bermuda in a church ruin. Uh, hence, like, my my cool mouse pad from a unfinished church. Ooh, spooky. Uh, <laughs> it, it was also Halloween time. <laughs> I saw a great burlesque show uh, this past weekend at a, a neat place that's a uh, it's like an indoor golf course and cocktail bar and and they had burlesque and I was I was in my happy place so I had some good cocktails there I had a great time at the Ren Fest a couple weekends ago I oh I had the best time I went by myself I have to worry about nobody and just run around <laughs> do what I wanted. It made it so much better. Ugh. Anyway, and today I made eggnog fudge for my D&D group because we play on Wednesdays. And I made a bourbon chocolate pecan pie as an experiment. I make chocolate pecan pies at Thanksgiving and Christmas every year. And I sell some because people really like them. But I decided to do an experiment and add some bourbon. And tomorrow I'll know how that worked and maybe add spiced rum next time. So what have you been up to? Oh, man. Now I feel like I haven't been doing anything. <laughs> uh, well, I've, I've been uh, slowly planning for this show, uh, which has been um, been interesting because it's the first one I know I've done in a, in a little while. Uh and one of the more prolific things I did was working with you like two years ago at this point, almost. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh no! In between, I've been doing a lot of TikToks and just talking about bartending knowledge because that's uh, that's kind of one of my favorite things is still talking about cocktails and 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 how, how drinks come to be and how you can combine them to make other fun things. And, and getting ready for the holidays, because uh, all that's coming up, and I finally decided I'm not going to do a full turkey this year. I'm going to smoke some turkey breasts, and then make a bunch of wings, because it's still a bird. <laughs> yes, yes it is. And I got my turkey. I will, I will be getting marked down, chopped up turkeys after Thanksgiving, and smoking like a, a mad woman. Uh, 
then. And you know what else we did? Both of us. What did we do? Wait, what? We, we did that cool takeover. Oh, duh. <laughs> I got sick right after. Uh, so that was really, really tough. Um, but yeah, no, so, uh, so I, I usually speak at Dragon Con, and they invited us to do a takeover of their Twitch stream and, well, yeah, their, their Twitch stream. So yeah, so we got to just do, goof around for like an hour and a half, talking about podcasting and drinks and what we do, and just our, our, our little joys. And and it was actually, it was from this spot. This is the first time I'd set up this camera in a while, uh, although this is a podcast that we're doing. We're also recording the video, and... I have this whole setup. I've got like three point lights and everything. I forgot to turn on my backlight. Hold on. There we go. Oh, oh you're so fancy. Right. A backlit bar. Here's Chance's our logo. Oh wait. Right. My camera's reversed. I, and mine mine's partially obscured, so I actually can't see. <laughs> I have the notes up because I was more worried about forgetting what I was doing. Uh well yeah, so I mean it's so I left bartending about what, a year, also about a year and a half ago, right after the season season four was over for America's Next Top Podcaster. Um, but I've taken most of my stuff with me, so I'm standing in front of a bar. I've got my bar behind me. I actually bought this fridge for my bar. I have a um, what is that? It's about a five foot fridge behind me, fridge freezer, because I need to keep all my court not the cordials, well sometimes, but all my amaros and my vermouths and things fresh. <laughs> And my and my syrups. You're the fresh maker. Right. I shall call this fridge Mentos. Yeah, I'll be I'll be running my simple syrup back downstairs to my fridge when we're done because I, I don't want to waste it. I love it. So I, and I'm um, I'm not in a fancy space. I am at the landing at the top of my stairs, which has been my studio for the last several years since well since the pandemic because then. The room I was using to, as a studio and we were using for music became a music streaming studio for local musicians who couldn't, who all lost their gigs. And then my husband started working 100% from home, so he needed an office and my kids won't move out. Um, so I'm at the landing at the top of the stairs next to the bathroom. I will say, before we dig into the thing, you know, the show that we're doing, <laughs> Speaking of kids that won't move out, uh, I was at my high school reunion this last weekend because I've never gone to it. And because of COVID, they said, hey, we're going to do four class years all at the same time. So it was like going back to sophomore year, uh, which, yeah. which I mean, I didn't expect great things, except I I'm only going if mine's a senior class, right? Is that... Well, so it was neat because I was like, "Well, what 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 is this giant group of people done?" Because our class size, our classes were about eight fifty nine hundred per class. Wow! It was a large high school, and I ran by theater teacher was there, Mister Carter, and uh, he looked like his skin has no wrinkles. I don't know. He's retired. He just went basically from having brown to shock white hair. And I was like, "Mister Carter, how's it going?" He's like, "Well, I'm retired. My kids still live at home though." <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I mean, it's less kids than you had to deal with at school, right? <laughs> you say, yeah, yeah, and they're mine. <laughs> yeah. And it was wonderful, though. It was like, so that was probably, besides seeing an old friend of mine that I was in theater classes with, um, who I convinced her to yeah. go out with me. Um, not in high school, just to the reunion. 
<laughs> uh, I feel like there's a story there, but that's not what we're here for. No, uh, no. But hi, Marlo. If you, if you ever listen to this, what's up? <laughs> Tell your family I said hi. Uh, so, with without further ado, then let's talk about barware tools you should have when you're setting up a home bar. Uh, the important thing is to have. Do you kind of want? Do you want to go like back and forth on this one, introducing each one? Yeah, and for future notice, we probably want to do mention it before we do. Did you say like we're going to talk about? What we yeah like the topic play. for this week that's yeah. how I started out well so I read the description okay. that said the topic for this week and our first episode da 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 okay all right yeah no no I'm a, I remember my, that my from the feedback in season in the ANTV ah uh-huh. see we learned stuff we, we did hi everybody so smart <laughs> uh but okay yeah so uh, how about I asked you sure because you're the professional. Like, I'm the at-home person. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've done pretty well collecting things as I have taught myself mm-hmm. uh, over the years. Uh, what are the basic tools, and we made this list together, so I'm going to take a little credit, Yeah. <laughs> that anyone who wants to do entertaining at home, what should they have? So, uh, And this is a subjective list, and I, I'm also going to preface this with... <laughs> Well, I mean, if we explain what they're for, mm-hmm. people can decide what they need first. Yes. Based on what they plan to make right. and try to make. So I think if you're at home, and I'll look at this list, and it's not all-inclusive. And I as I was saying, like, I might look around me and go, oh, yeah, you should probably have that, too. Uh, but you should uh, you should have, like, an all-in-one shaker. Uh, that being said, like, like um, I'm going to hold one up. But the one that has, like, kind of just a little lid for it and a built-in strainer, a little cap. Um, you know, these are great if you don't have to make a ton of cocktails. If you're just making one, this is fine, cheap, easy, usually dishwasher safe. Um, they're not my favorite because when they get cold, they can be hard to get the lid off. Um, but they're fairly functional. They're easier to use because you don't have to like try to bounce the strainer on top and hook it with your finger. I'm saying that like it's hard. It's not that hard, but overall, it's just simpler to use. I'm not, so not, the not one you have. It. Yeah. I notice it's it's all metal. Yes. Um, and I, I that can definitely the temperature change. So uh, this one I have here. And these are the ones that like people should go to the Patreon and watch the video because um, there are some uh, video elements here that are relevant. But if you're listening at home, it's kind of this rocket ship shape. And mine is glass. Mm-hmm. And it's got these drink recipes, which for a beginner can be super handy. You know, this is like your basic cocktails. Tequila Sunrise. I mean, there's a chocolate martini. That's not real basic. A kamikaze, which is just hilarious to me. But Long Island Cosmopolitan. uh, A mojito. So a couple of basic things. You can find different ones that have even more, like, just simple stuff that you might shake or even mix. I've seen ones that have Bloody Mary simple recipe on them. And then it's got kind of a gasket on it on the lid. So it will seal and you'll be less scared about leakage. And this was the first kind I bought and I do like it. Yeah, I'm not, not mad about glass bottom shakers either. I have one from the uh, the 50s. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. Uh, but it, but that kind of style I think is a good like a good starter 
at home. Yeah, because they have ounces on them, if nothing else. Like, right. the, the ounces are marked on the side, so you don't have to, I don't know, dirty your jiggers. <laughs> uh, hmm. My only problem with those, though, depending on the cocktail you're making, normally you want to have ice in your shaker when you're building everything, and you can't really measure with that, with ice, to the measuring lines that are in there. So you have to, like, build your cocktail, pour it out, put the ice in, put the liquor back on top, then shake it. If you were to, to, to worry about it that way. That, that is only, and that's yeah, always been my issue with, the, with that specific feature on those. Still good to have. It's not like you couldn't also just use a jigger at the same time and be like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's... Yeah. So, um, but just a note, because dork. Uh, <laughs> because if you tried to do that, it would fail. Yes. You would, so. yeah, no, yeah, that would, that would go so hot. Uh, it would be very weak. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> that was the first item. Uh, a muddler. Uh, that maybe that actually isn't the that's a semi. Maybe that's not a beginner thing, but I think everyone should have a muddler, uh, especially if you make old fashions. I have one here on the end of a spoon, uh, so it's actually like a weighted uh, muddler end on a spoon. Ooh, fancy. Um, this is like an apothecary spoon, but I love it. Uh, but I didn't clean it that well. Dang it. <laughs> Get some I got in. a new one recently. It's just like the standard metal. So, But it's got a texture on this hard plastic part to kind of give you a little grind. So that, I was going to say, like, if I were saying, hey, you should okay. get a muddler and it's your first muddler, I would I would usually tell someone to get a smooth bottom one because they're easier to clean. Um... The texture ones, they're useful, but anyone that's using them should know, like, you're going to end up doing a bit of grinding, almost, because of that uh, thing on the bottom. Yeah. So, well, so it could give you more chunks than you might... I feel like watch. this is double-ended. Hot. I would use this for some things. I would use this for other things. <laughs> I didn't know that's the kind of show we were going to have. And I got a dishwasher. Hey, have you met me? <laughs> yeah. We hang. All right. Uh, so, Mother, um, I just held mine up with a long spoon or something to stir with. Just a basic stirring implement. Um, this is something that was not on our list, but I noticed my yeah. long spoon yes. that I recently got has, it's double-ended, has like a get your olives out of the jar yeah. fork. Yeah, it has a little gig on one side and a spoon shape on the other. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of them have that, which is why I was just saying like a sturdy spoon, because I figured we would... I yeah, they don't all it. have it. And That's I true. would get this. I have, in retrospect, I would always get that, because... Yeah, if you, especially if you're starting out, anything that multitasks is usually pretty handy. Like, you, that's what you want. Um, I don't like unitaskers. Right? It's just just us and Alton Brown. Uh, <laughs> uh, so a long spoon. Uh, a hand juicer. A little squeezy. squeezy. Oh, no. I moved mine. Uh, they kind of... The little little uh, citrus juicer that kind of looks like a inverted pair of pliers. I have that exact one. Yeah. So like. Um, I love this. I, I have two. I would say one's a little bigger, one's a little smaller. That one's a. It's an amusa. That one's an enameled metal, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get a metal one. And don't get a plastic one. Anyone out there that's listening? Um, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. That's just gonna break immediately. Yeah. It's a hook. Yeah. Hooks on everything. Hooks on most things. Yeah, I also love. Yeah, especially got two cups on the end that kind of that that spoon into each other and presses your citrus and just really really simple to use. Uh, Pro tip: put it so you're squishing it to inside out. 
don't put your half of a, a lemon or lime in in the same shape it is cut to. And don't make it fit in the bowl because it'll just squeeze up the juice the opposite end. It'll just, yeah, and squirt all over at you and things. And no, you're putting it uh, so the dome is up like you're making another a, a fruit in there complete and then it will push it inside out. Yeah. And you can zest first, but we could talk about that later. Yes. Uh, and actually going along with that, I don't even realize I put it in there. Uh, is it like a simple mesh strainer, like a little hand strainer? Um, I'll hold on to the camera, obviously, if you're listening on the podcast. Yeah, see, we both have one. <laughs> but so if you're juicing, you hold this right under your, your hand juicer when you're squeezing it. But also, depending on what kind of cocktail you're making, sometimes you need a, a strainer like this just to keep chunks out. Um, uh, I was going to ask you about this. I got this for making tea. Oh, yeah, yeah. However... I feel like it might be really handy sometimes while making drinks or squeezing juice. Like if I was using a reamer mm -hmm. instead of this kind of, if I didn't have this kind of juicer and I was using a reamer or a fork, which you can use to, you know, I could toss this on top of the glass. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like a fine mesh sieve. Yeah, yeah. Then that space yeah. just got two little, um, I want to say humps, but. Uh... Handles. handles on looks, it. They're like, like handles. little tiny handles Thank just take and sit, let it sit on top of a glass. So yeah, so that's handy, yeah. especially if you're if you're maybe a little uh, less steady with whatever it is you're juicing, and you don't want to have to hold a strainer while you're uh, while you're squeezing. Um, yeah, I can see that being totally handy. Uh, so it's not a tool, but I put in that we should have bitters, it, Angostura bitters specifically. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's it's a tool in a way. It's because well, it's so why it's in there. Almost everyone has it. It's that little brown bottle with a white label that's oversized and a yellow cap. Or a big one. Or a big one, yes. I, yeah, oh, there you go. I've got, of course I've got one. Um, and uh, once you, especially once you start making like more crappy cocktails or things that are a little more eccentric, you'll go through more bitters than you think. Uh, so it's, do, you ever, do you ever cook with it? I've never you cook with cooked it. with bitters. You, should, you could. I learned about it years ago and like... Throw some uh, in some when you're steaming some green beans, and it does a thing. So interesting. Yeah. Um, this this is a little bottle, but it's a, it's a different kind. <laughs> oh yeah, Guten or is it not Gutenberg? Uh, Gutenberg. Uh, camera backward. Underberg. That's what Gutenberg. it was. Underberg. I haven't tried Gutenberg. <laughs> Underberg. Right. Underberg. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah anytime I go travel, I, I usually pick up more bitters. Um, if I see like ones that I don't have, uh, but anyway. so yeah, uh, a towel. You should always have a towel. Don't forget to make a towel. Um, yeah, because you're gonna make a mess at some point. So it's just handy to have a little part towel to tell. I had terrible allergies when we did our our little takeover thing before. Uh, so this has been washed. Just so anyone who's watching <laughs> knows, uh, always wash your towel as well. Uh, a knife. You should have a knife. You're going to cut up fruit or things. Uh, and you can find a knife that has a little channel on it for doing uh, twists, so much the better. Um, do I have... I have like 17 here. Oh, there's my channel knife. So anyone who happens to be watching, I have uh, a, just like a little fruit knife, and it has this little channel right below the blade that you can pull along uh, a lemon, grapefruit, orange, whatever, and make nice little twists with it. Uh, oh, neat. Super duper handy, and they makes just channel like just channel lives. But again, having a tasker. 
yeah, unitaskers. I've had several of those. I haven't liked the way most of them worked. Um, and they're unitaskers. Like most ones I had, like they'd end up pulling up pith. Um, yeah. And they get dull, and then you're just they're garbage because it does need to stay sharp. I mean, if it's a better quality knife, it's not going to get dull. I take it to just liking a good sharp peeler because also again many many uses and i can oh, get yeah. a nice big fat ones and not get pith and it i it's just easier it's love i love it it's not a unitasker well and a, and a peeler is a really good point too because a peelers you usually have one just in your kitchen yes so yeah I'm a, like I, you can make twists which are fancy, right? Mm -hmm. Level uh, drink stuff without going to get anything new. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's... Yeah, I, I, I should have should have prefaced that, uh, but but you brought it up, so it's it's that, yeah, there's a lot of things that are already in your kitchen that you can use without having to go out necessarily and buy extra stuff. Uh, to get oh, yeah, you yeah. can use your pestle from your kitchen if you had a mortar and pestle. Yeah. You can use it as a muddler. Yeah, yeah. I have... <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> I have two. I have a wooden one and a stone one, just for different uses. Yeah, um, I yeah. have a stone one, a marble one, and a ceramic one. So, <laughs> ceramic one—that's a good. Yeah, I need. Um, ooh, that's delicious. <laughs> so you brought okay. You brought up jiggers before, uh, and I think. Well, so do you have a favorite jigger? One that, like you would say, like, hey, nope. if you only have one, because I, I, I brought several. <laughs> of course, you did. I, I have a new one because I recently got one, mm -hmm. right? And it's just your standard whatever the hell it is on one side and the other, and I had to look it up because it's not marked. Usually three quarters and an ounce and a half would be your yeah. quote-unquote standard. And that looks like it's a standard. It said it was standard on the package. But I don't tend to be so careful that I'm all that worried about it. I'm. It's like it's a proportion thing to me. Like I've, I've – until I got this used – shot glasses. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of shot glasses usually have a standard uh, amount. I actually want to say it's mm -hmm. an ounce and a half. It's ounce and a half, yeah. I think. Uh, but I, I would say, so I have a, an or, what's, and I, this is what it's called, I'm not trying to be rude one way or the other, but an oriental jigger. Uh, so if you think of normal jiggers, this one's slightly taller and thinner, still double-sided, but I like these because most of them tend to come with graduated lines on them. So, like, fold the rim on one side is one, fold the rim on the other side is two ounces, and then inside they'll have anything from quarter ounce all the way up to one ounce, and then was usually at least an ounce and a half before hitting the two ounce mark. Yeah. So it's just, it's nice, because it's, you know, it's basically you're gonna, it's a bar measuring cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's like, this is my favorite one to use. Uh, I think I put further down our little list of notes, other ones. But since I know we've been talking for a bit, uh, you know what? I didn't. Oh, no, I did. Okay, never mind. Wow. Okay. So, corkscrews. Oh, yes, corkscrews. So, Everyone should have corkscrews. Yes. Um, there are things I don't recommend, like those horrible, stupid... <laughs> it's a screw with a cover. Yes, and then yes. And you have to stick it through... And then try to those suckers yeah. are a nightmare. And whenever you forget to take one somewhere when you're traveling, you end up with one of those. And you have to have a tug of war. 
and it might break, and those are horrible. Those are the worst. Agreed. Uh, they have they serve a purpose which is generally uh, last resort. <laughs> but so I saw yeah. you have uh, rabbit ears, right? I yes, yeah. and I don't. I mean, for beginners, if you've never had anybody show you how to open a bottle of wine, you're going to be able to get away with one of these. And this one is really cool because it's a bat. That's pretty. It's awesome. a bat. Like this was a great gift thing. Um, if you're going to get one of these. Make sure it's strong, because weak ones are just going to break really easy, and that at least has a bottle opener, so it's not completely single-use, and if it has fangs, bonus. Um, mm -hmm. But I liked these for a long time. When I was a kid, th that was great. Um, but then I learned how to use a proper... Waiter's corkscrew, or wine key. Yeah, wine key, waiter's corkscrew. Uh, when I, I was taught, it was a captain's knife. Uh, when <laughs> uh, I learned to use it, and these are the best and like the quickest. You got a knife to cut off your foil, although these are great. They've got ones that have this, it's almost, it looks like a cigar cutter that you can open up, close in the bottle, flip it around, it'll cut your foil nice and easy. Yeah, the ones I've come the... to really like these, mm -hmm. and the bonus to these is. If this one is in your suitcase at the airport, they're going to take it away. The one with the knife on it, yeah. Yes, the one with the knife on it. But the one with this little open-close thing with the cutter inside, they let me keep. Because <laughs> I did leave it in the suitcase not long ago. Yeah. Um, but this uses leverage. So it's also for any kind of, if you've got arthritic issues or your hand gets sore and everything else, and it's not as likely to tear out the cork. Because of the way it uses leverage to to pull it out at an angle. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, in my experience. Yeah. So all wine keys, yeah, are levered. And if you're, I couldn't tell if that one was, but uh, which the the red one that you're holding up that has the little uh -huh. the foil circles, the cutter circles on them instead of the, yeah. Yeah. So so a lot of ones you can get nowadays. I'll hold mine up to my camera to also describe it. The the portion that you rest against the side of the bottle to to lever against will have a hinge in the middle. Uh, this one does not. Neither of these do. So that's and that's something that especially like a lot of waiters, like if you go to if you start serving, they'll to get a double hinged corkscrew because mm. it'll it'll start it'll save your hands and your wrist over time because the the what a double hinge will do it actually has two sets on it. So when you get when your corkscrew or your your worm the corkscrew portion is all the way down, you can set it on the higher set, stop pulling, and then tip it out a little bit, reset it, and then pull again. And it just it lets you maximize your leverage the whole way through, and you kind of oh, save you yourself a little bit. So if you're out there looking, a good way probably to measure too how far the worm needs to go in, which is six twists. sometimes not easy to adjust. Six twists. Yes. One, two. So 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 it's three times around, but you're going to turn your hand usually six times. Um, yeah. Yeah. Another hint. <laughs> I know we said we wouldn't get turn too the bottle, deep into it. Uh, yeah. So you always actually you always start sideways. So you you take the point of the worm sideways towards the top of the cork and then pivot up while you twist the first little yep. bit to get it to plunge in the center. And that'll save you oh, so much grief. <laughs> yeah, going down the side of the cork. Oh, so much grief. Yeah, and, yes. and those other openers for more advanced or older bottles, we'll get into that some other show some other time. But yeah, a good waiter's, uh, waiter's key. Best one. Wine key. Yeah. Little... I don't know what this hole is for. Um, where are we looking? 
Uh, is it on? Is it on the uh, the lever? Or is that where I'm looking? Yeah. I think it's decorative. I don't. I don't see a lot to have um, holes on the levers for. Let's well, look at more. Uh, this one's from Bully Hill Vineyards. So. Let's see. Wait. I had a cool one that looked like a shark that I can't find. But anyway. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, you brought I, up this one. I agree. I just forgot to write it down. A nice bucket. Yeah. I have. I have a tiny cooler that I keep. Uh, I also have a freezer behind me, but. Yeah. An ice bucket, super duper handy to have. They're not just for hotel rooms. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're outside. They're for all over the place. Just make sure it's insulated, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, I mean, if you got a fancy glass one, they're usually super thick and for some kind of indoor party. But other ones, sometimes uh, cheap ones, they're just a bucket. And if they're not, if they don't have a second insulative layer, you may as well just use a bowl. Yeah. So. Um, cutting board. If you're going to be cutting fruit and stuff, have a cutting board. Uh, I And I have one that I keep, my little bamboo one, just for cocktails. Um, and actually, I have a backup bamboo one as well. There you go. <laughs> because... I do recommend plastic or bamboo in particular, actually, um, instead of just some kind of wood, because bamboo is antibacterial. Yes. And uh, plastic, you can throw the dishwasher or even bleach. All right. And marble gets heavy. Yes, I have and breaks. I well, yeah, I don't move mine. I it stays in my kitchen and never goes oh, anywhere. Okay. <laughs> um, so we're on to like extras, nice to haves. Uh, so okay. I wrote this one down, and I so as we were talking about mixers before, and if you're just want to be uh, more like me, I like a mixing tin and a uh, and a glass. That's like my favorite combo for making cocktails. Uh, it's kind of just also what I like the standard workhorse behind a bar because you can you can measure things a little bit easier sometimes with pint glass. You can see what you're doing. It's not obfuscated by the tin, but it's easier to separate. You can bang them against stuff. Um, yeah, and also when you're shaking and your hands start to get really cold, the glass insulates a little bit better. And let everything shake into the tin. And, uh, yeah, it keeps your hands from getting all numb, which is nice. Yeah, when I got this set of stuff, I got my first, like, actual two insert, and yeah. it is big enough to use a pint glass with. Um, I started using this and that's, at the meetup. And that's that would be considered a Boston shaker setup, I believe. Yes. Yeah. When it's when it's two tins uh, that fit inside each other. Sorry. And I like it because I can't, you know, my kids just keep losing the little top. To <laughs> the ones, so. Yeah. And, I know what you mean. And so... We left off, uh, and I think this is the right place for uh, the other strainer. So, so I put glass juicer. I meant reaver. Oh, yeah, the strainer. Yeah, the... we forgot to mention this when. Well, oh, so that that would go with with uh, the the tin. the strainers. And oh, the, yeah, see, we well, see, to me, that's yes, you're right. I was thinking mesh strainer versus cocktail strainer. Uh, but yeah, your your little basically your guy with you two to four feet and the uh, and the weird spring on it. What are you holding up? Oh, some fuzz. It had feathers in it. Well, I don't know what you're straining, but... Oh, that's why that's a smash strainer on here and up there. I see what you mean. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. other cocktail strainer. The one that goes with these shakers. You should have one of those, too. Right. If you don't have the shaker that has the strainer built in the top, and you don't want to deal with, like, how the hell are you going to hold the strainer and the glass, these are really great one-handers. 
that you just slap on the top. I just saw a different shaker that I didn't hold up before. <laughs> okay. Um, so I put infusing vessel, and that might sound weird. Um, you can buy purpose-built shredder, mesh strainer, sealing vessels for, like, making infused vodka or whatever. Uh, but you can also just use a mason jar. And I say the first one because I've been gifted two of those separately uh, at different times. And they're they're fine. They're not very large volume. So it's like, well, if I'm only drinking for one, which I'm usually not. <laughs> but otherwise, like, just the volume's not enough for me. Because uh, I, I generally, even at home, I deal in volume. Like, I have 40 friends over. I don't have two. <laughs> if I'm going to do that. Uh, I just use mason jars for all my infusing. But yeah. And then strain out whatever it is. Yeah. And anyone that gets more dedicated at cocktails, and we're kind of in the nice-to-have section of our, our breakdown, buy a pack of mason jars. Because just get ready to use them. You can start making bitters. You can start making your own uh, drinking vinegar. You can start doing your own infusions. Uh, so that's... And yeah, you, you, once you do one, you're going to want a bunch. <laughs> Basically. It's just... It's, yeah. You're going to be going down a rabbit hole. Oh my gosh, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't buy that tea vodka. Hmm. When you can throw tea in your vodka and have it so much better at home in a couple hours. Yeah, sun tea vodka. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Uh, so I also put uh, bar mats. And I so I actually have my bar. Uh, yeah, I can kind of hold up on camera. I have two, I want to say they're like t 10 by 20 or 10 by 18. Uh, mats next to each other to c cover my workspace here, um, but you're gonna you're gonna spill. You, like I did, I think bef before the show, and I was like, oh no, I just spilled on my keyboard. Um, you're you're gonna make a mess, uh, even if you're super careful. And if you're making a lot of drinks and you get really into things, you should have a nice rubber bar mat that you can take in the sink, spray off, clean, dry, and and repeat. Uh, okay. Over. Uh, so uh, oh, yeah, I put. I don't know if you agree with this one or not. Um, but you should have like a small fridge just for your stuff if you're starting to get into cocktails like that you can put your vermouth and your your other things that could spoil into just to keep them out of the way of like milk <laughs> and children and yes right those i mean that's my mini fridge thing i finally got one because i just i needed to hide something so it wouldn't get eaten um but mm -hmm. we also kind of started collecting different beers and uh from people we know who were brewing them right and from different places when we visit and that wasn't to keep away from the kids but it was like okay we want to keep these temperature controlled and if it's not the kind of beer that we want to age which we just have at a dark cool place uh we want to keep them in a fridge and not just take up the whole fridge with it so that's mostly what my small fridge is for, because um, I don't keep a lot of other bar things that are cold. Like, my elderflower tonic doesn't fit in my mini fridge anyway, because I buy it by the liter. <laughs> and my infusions fit nicely in the fridge door and can also be used for cooking. Right. Um, like my simples, yeah. I mean. Yeah, and I like those. That's, that's a, you can kind of hold up a, a squared apothecary bottle. So, and... it's... Basically, you can get these super cheap yeah. Dollar Trees and stuff, usually, um, for oil and vinegar sets, they call them. Yep. And I've done infused oils and stuff, and I'll glass etch them or whatever, but I keep uh, some around just for simple syrups, and they got a nice metal spout to pour. <laughs> and for my 
this is this has rosemary simple in it right now mm -hmm. that I'm using to make cocktails. So I was going to say, my, my my word of advice as you held it up is like get them, but replace the pour spout because uh, I I don't know if I've ever gotten one of those where the spout was not leaky. They almost always I, these leak. are great. I've had them for years and years. Oh, cool. So. Well, just double check them then, people, before you use them. Because I, I know yeah. I've had that My favorite for simple syrups are, or and, and juices are squeezy bottles. Squeezy bottles. I love squeezy bottles. I use them for lemon, lime, simples. Um, yeah. I, and I, I don't know. That's probably just because of the restaurants that I worked in. I'm just used to using these. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, for your sour mix and stuff right. or whatever. And they're less breakable so. when I go to events. And you didn't care much when I mentioned before we talked about when we were collaborating on the East Coast or West Coast meetup, East Coast meetup co uh, cocktails. These put them in your liquor bottle spouts, right? What? For pouring. I like pour spouts. Okay. Because you were like, nah, you don't need those. Oh, well, so that's why I, I don't think you need them for a basic setup. Uh, if you have a good jigger and you're just making for a couple people, or your or your batching cocktails, which basically means uh, you're pre-making most of your cocktail or all of it before you serve people. Um, sorry, not ex not man explaining you for general no, no, for general no, no, audience. No, no. I'm like, oh no, don't apologize me. I'm a I, terrible I'm person. Here to learn too. Um, but so like so if you're not doing a bunch of cocktails all at the same time, speed pouring for a bunch of people, a jigger and a bottle is fine. But on the other hand, if you're just doing a lot of general pouring, speed pourers are great. Um, I have, I mean, that, that was going to bring this it up. This was, yeah, these were, they came with that set of a whole bunch of tools I got. Yeah. yeah. And I was making one by one for 20-ish people. And even though I was measuring with the jiggers mm -hmm. as I made each one, these made that pour for measuring so much easier than trying to do out of the bottle. Mm -hmm that I was really glad I did take them with me and I will use them whenever I have a, a big group I'm pouring for. Yeah. No, that's, and that's, yeah, I'm sorry if I said that I, maybe I was saying it was the impression I got. Okay. I could have been mistaken. I might have, I might have been implying, well, you probably don't need that. Um, <laughs> but since, so the next part of the list, as I was making, Hey, what you should have for a bar setup, as you become into higher volume or just more of a home lush, that was one of the things I was going to say you should, you should totally have is speed pours. Because, um, yeah, they, they do, they're very handy, uh, especially as you get really well practiced with the same kind. Uh, you can, uh, like most, a lot of bartenders do, count and you'll know how much you're pouring to an insanely accurate. Yeah, degree. I was trying that. Like, by after so many, I was like, oh, I should be just counting how much till the jigger's full and then I can skip a step. And I could do it, I could, based on how I could, I could feel how the bubbles were coming through the pour, I wouldn't even have to count. I could just tell how fast it was pouring based, based on the vibrations as they were hitting my hand. So I could talk, it could be in a loud environment, doing half, doing something else. Well, yeah, not yeah. all of us are going to get that muscle memory because no one's paying us to. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Yeah, I was I was able to pay off a lot of credit card debt in bartending. <laughs> um, so other things, nice-to-haves as you get out there, a stirring vessel. Uh, that's that's one of those things, like, if you go to, like, a nice... Sorry, I just threw a foam plane out of my stirring vessel, because I have kid. Um, I, I you, know, you go to, like, this fancy underground bar, stimulate, and they're like, I'd like an old-fashioned. They throw a giant piece of ice in a, in a crystal vessel, and they start spinning it around at a weird velocity. Uh, that's a stirring vessel. 
Uh, and it's basically if you're not going to shake something, but you want to combine your ingredients, you have a stirring vessel. And uh, this one is actually I made out of an old Hennessy bottle. <laughs> um, <laughs> so because uh, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to pay sixty bucks for a piece of crystal, I was going to make one myself and be like, yeah, you know what, Hennessy or whatever. <laughs> Fancy. Uh, oh yeah. So, uh, how do you feel about blenders as, as a food drink implement? Um, yeah, better get a good one if you're going to be crushing ice. Yeah. Because it will kill most standard kitchen blenders nowadays. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I put in our examples, like, get a Vitamix. Um, they are $300 plus. Um, but th that's what you need to get a good mix. And really, it, you're, you get if you go get a whatever a Kmart special... Kmart, no. Kmart doesn't exist anymore. Target. I think mine's <laughs> a Cuisinart or a KitchenAid. It's some other yeah. like it's got a good motor. Yeah, you know. and that's it. Yeah, you can you can sometimes look up by the motor or by the shape of the vessel. The ones that tend to go down, taper down to the bottom, generally aren't going to crush ice very well. Right. Uh, you need something that's more squared. I actually have a, a Ninja blender. When when they first came out, they were basically copying Vitamixes. Uh, and I, I and I found it on clearance at a big lots because it was open box. Um, so I got it for twenty bucks instead of two hundred. Nice. And I still have it. It's over ten years old. Um, yeah, my solution is I actually just don't make those drinks. So. And that's honestly, I worked at a place that was our solution too. I'll go to a bar. That annoying. <laughs> but if you're gonna do it, that's that's how you want to do it. Uh, <laughs> right below that, <laughs> all the bitters. <laughs> Uh, I, mentioned, I mentioned before that I, when I go places, I just collect bitters or I'll buy new ones uh, that I haven't seen. And that's a really good way to just add a little flair to your drinks uh, and regional flair for that matter. If you can go to like a lot of craft fairs now, a lot of people locally will make bitters for cocktails and for herbal remedies. But uh, so that's how I got Underbird, even though it's from Germany. We were at a brewery in Asheville, and my husband saw it there, and he thought it must be regional, and got all excited and got it for me. Um, but yeah, I've got a lot of bespoke bitters you can find online from very small companies. Very interesting uh, things that you can add. Mm -hmm. Who knew? I've got like cranberry bitters. Huh. Ooh, put a little of that in a gin and tonic. I've got gingerbread ones yeah. put that in a chocolate martini like yeah 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 i mean i've got i've purchased like hot bitters like habanero bitters um yep. yeah probably shouldn't that's magic list, but like yeah <laughs> but at some point we'll do a bitters episode how about that you talk about all that yeah oh yeah 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 okay so i mentioned this before like along with um like cutting boards and like if you're doing so if you're doing a lot of prep and this is a restaurant thing far and away is to have a bread knife uh, so bread knives are long they're very widely serrated knives, and they're great for cutting citrus. So if you're doing a lot of, like, just lime wedges, wheels, whatever, you're not using, like, a little paring knife or a little bartender's knife. You're using a bread knife. Uh, it It's just good. It's going to get the job done for you. Uh, if you work at a Japanese knife, one of those, not, not Japanese knife, Japanese restaurant, you could use, like, one of their large vegetable knives as well. Those are also pretty good. Um, do I have one down here? I do have one down here. Um, like one of these guys. <laughs> or actually, okay. I got, okay. I, I keep all my bar knives down here. Or one of these guys. Um, which is so basically big, fat, wide blade knives that give you a lot of control. Because uh, I have sliced through my finger before. 
uh, using one of those small ones because you get like a little slip, whatever. Uh, a nice long knife with a lot of weight to it will keep you from losing digits when you're you know processing 60 pieces of fruit. Um, yeah. A huge advantage to a bread knife, too, is you don't have to keep sharpening it and sharpening it yeah. in the process of doing that much prep because of the way it works. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they're, it won't start shredding your fruit partway through. It'll just keep going. And honestly, if you're going to do this, don't don't go to a nice knife store. Go to a kitchen supply store. Get one of their $15 plastic handle bread knives, and that'll last you years. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be pleased and surprised. Those white handle suckers. Mm. The commercial food ones. Yeah. My dad just sent me a couple of those knives. They're great. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they're like they're, they're better than like what you spend for fifty bucks at a you know like a whatever. I don't know. I, right? I don't go to nice stores anymore. I'm, I was about to say Ross. <laughs> That's not a good store. No. No offense, Ross. Uh, so no, it's okay. I mean, do I have? Okay, then I got a TJ Maxx, right? Like my giant ice cube maker. So I, have, I was never going to buy this at Crate and Barrel for like $15, so. Yeah. Uh, so you under bread knife. Oh, juice press. So you can buy, you can get an automatic, uh, like an auger or a reamer, which is what I've used that at restaurants where you like, you're basically, you stick your hand into a wheel of death and it presses your juice <laughs> for you. Yeah. But I also have like uh, behind me a, uh, just an old timey like, uh, what do you call it? A cast iron metal like long-handled juice press, where you can just you throw half your orange or whatever in there, press, open, insert, press, open, release. Yeah. I am never going to use the counter space for that when I have this. Uh, it's, and it's it's one of those things, like, it's just, it's it, it cuts your time in half. It's it's handy enough that when you're doing, you know, I've, if I go to an event, I'm like, look, I know I need two pints of lemon juice. I'm not going to say, I have stood... Stood there with a little hand juice press. I worked at a resort that that's all we yeah. had. Um, no, this was worth fifty bucks. Oh yeah, for that kind of use. Yes, uh, and I've had I've had that for eight or nine years. Uh, so again, if you're getting to that level where you're just doing a high volume, or you know you want some a nice piece to put out on your bar, it's a cool piece. Yeah. That, I mean, that is. I would go buy some fresh pressed juice at Whole Foods or some shit before buying it and having to make the counter space. That is also an option. <laughs> we have also ever been in places where we just ran out of fruit, and we're like, we need juice. So, and we're like, all right, we're either going to this place or that place. So we'll buy some. Yep. Sometimes you got it. Uh, oh. Uh, oh, measured plunger. So we talked about jiggers. Uh, you can buy basically what is a, a plunger with uh, ounce... <laughs> ounces, milliliters, teaspoons, tablespoons on it. A lot of people use it for kitchen, for baking. Uh, but this is super duper handy if you're doing things like with agave nectar or honey, uh, like a brown oh. derby, uh, where you need, but you have a highly viscous fluid that you need to get into your cocktail, and you don't want to like be trying to use your spar spoon to scrape it out of a jigger. Now your jigger, you gotta go wash that. These there's. Little plastic plungers, they're maybe five or seven. I've bucks. never seen little ones like that. I need yeah. one of those. And I, so Alton, Alton Brown, speaking of which, turned me on to those for kitchen stuff. But uh, that fell perfectly in my never glass. Saw hmm. Little bitty ones like that. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So that was, I always laughed because I bought one of those, kind of like, oh, it's another jigger. And then I was watching one of his shows and he had a big fat one for, I don't know, putting molasses Shortening in something. Shortening honey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, so you can buy little ones. Super duper handy. Um, and actually, I worked some place that we ended up 
taking my advice and actually buying like seven of those. Uh, ooh. The next one. You could also have a lighter, but... <laughs> right? I, I was almost like, I should put that by the microphone. I'm like, no, that's where my face is. Um, <laughs> but if you're, again, if you're going to get into stuff, instead of having a lighter, I recommend spending your 20 or 30 bucks and getting a nice butane torch. Because uh, that can let you not just do your little uh, twists, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Or like burning the oils in your twists. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing that over a fancy cocktail, you can also use it if you do a smoked cocktail and you have a smoker, uh, which I, I put under this. So it's like, yeah, a smoker. Those can be fun. You don't have to do it. You can also just buy nice wood chips, put them on a metal platter, light them on fire very quickly, and then put your old fashioned glass over that and then make your thing in the glass. But if you like the smoky uh, you can also stick a cinnamon stick in a hunk of pineapple and smoke that way. I've said that to people to get to get rid of them before. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, yeah. The torch is also much I use, right? Like, yeah, you can light your cocktail, you can light your bananas foster, you can make a creme brulee. Yeah, you can jumpstart your chips in your smoker. Like torches are very useful. Stop talking yourself out of it, like I did for way too many years. I love my torch. Yeah. Um, yeah, read the reviews too. Make sure you get you don't get one that's you can spend the same price for one that's awful as well. So make sure you do a little bit of research. Oh hey, we talked about this fancy cube molds. Yep, you just got sort some, of. right? Oh. I just got some. Yeah, finally, I you know funny cute little molds, but I finally got some proper like makes a big giant sphere. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. No, I yeah, I definitely I I recommend them for either for you know, if you're going to be doing. Well, you said you were going to send me one because you had extra, and I, I oh shit saw sorry. these in the store yeah, oh, and I was like, well never mind for like three ninety nine. I'm not. I don't. I won't even nag them. I'll just buy these. So sorry. You, I think yeah, I think you got the the ones that that split like that. I think you got nicer ones than the ones I had. <laughs> um. Because they, they can leak and stuff, and it's, they get tricky. Um, but yeah, for old fashions and things like that, yeah, yeah. That looks like it's a beefier than the... Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, I like that. It has a... will sit flat. Handy tip. And I like how it has a lot of room in the top and the fill. Yeah. Some of them that just end at the top, it's really hard to judge where you fill to, because it'll expand. Well, anyway. Yeah, that's it. You're... We don't need to go on all that, but having these big, fat ice cubes... I wanted to ask you how you feel about the steel. Are they made of steel? Like the big metal? You freeze them, they don't melt at all? Have you seen these? Uh, these are... High-end cocktail bars have them. It'll be just like a big metal cube instead of an ice cube. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have I have some of those stones, like whiskey stones. Yeah. Uh, kind of and thing. yeah, I think, I think I've seen metal ones too. So, yeah, so I have like... Um, yeah, the, the rocks. Li- literal rocks. Literal um, rocks, neat. Now, they're... Well, geez, I could freeze a rock. I have lots of pretty rocks. Right. Well, I think... I, I don't know something about these. They're nice and smooth. Maybe that's just it. I think they're soapstone. Well, I think not uh, porous would be important, yeah. Right. So they're, they're, there's an up and downside. The upside is, yes, they don't melt at all. They don't do change the, the chemical composition of your drink, although depending on where you keep them in your freezer, they can take on some odor, so be careful. Uh, I always actually keep mine in the bag, at least for a little bit of buffer. Uh, but sometimes you do want a little dilution to be happening to your whiskey, especially if you're doing it with a whiskey. Um, 
So you have to like whatever beverage it is as it is if you're going to use those things. Uh, but a lot of times those things, especially if you think high-end whiskey, you're like, oh, I'm not going to dilute it. I'm going to put one of those steel cubes in it. Well, that high-end whiskey might be 60 or 70 proof and could probably benefit from some water. So you have to, you're going to have to ask them then, well, can you put some water in? Uh, it won't change, so luckily you can dilute it to taste. Uh, you're doing a lot of work. <laughs> so just, but just, a big, fat ice cube yeah. doesn't have all that surface area so it melts super fast, and you can enjoy it right. slowly with less melting, right? Yes. Gotcha. Uh, so. Did you put spritzer spray bottle, or did I? I did. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> Who didn't you explain it? <laughs> so, well, I mean, it's... Okay, we didn't really talk about the purpose of twist, but we talked about twists, and everybody knows and has heard of a twist. And one of the things you do is, you know, properly when you put a twist in a drink, like a less you'll actually twist it, and you get the oils, and they sit on the top of the drink, and they really give something to it. Mm -hmm. It's not just a garnish you stick on the side. Um, and spritz bottles, just a little spritz of something, you can do the same thing with something like uh, absinthe. Um, that you don't want to mix into a cocktail because it's a very overpowering thing, but uh, it's got like a lot of herbals in it. You could do it with something like Aperol. You could, uh, there's a lot of things you could do that with and just spritz the top of a drink and give it a little, just an ad and a nose without having to mix it into the drink. It's, it's, it's a high end fancy impress your friends move. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's having a little atomizer, a little spritzer. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially if you're going to be doing homemade stuff, like we were talking about before. If you're going to start homemaking bitters, mm -hmm. you just strain them really nicely, put them in a little atomizer. Like, that's, that's totally legit. Yeah, because not everyone keeps, like like me, like extra dauber bottles behind their bar where I can, like, oh, I'm going to just throw my... A dauber bottle is what you normally see, sorry, with bitters. It has, like, a little restrainer on the top, so when you turn it over, three drops come out. It's like on your Worcestershire sauce. Yes. Same kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but spray bottles, spritz, you can get a little bottle at a craft store in the Dollar Tree in the craft section, right, that's made for spraying whatever your, your craft stuff, alcohol um, on stuff. Mm, yeah, and yeah. And then use it in your bar. It's a cheap, fancy ad. Also a good way to do so you don't dip and make a mess if you're trying to rim something. So. Um. Sorry, <laughs> uh, so I had one extra section on there that I know we don't have time to go through, so I'm gonna, we're going to skip that. But there's a couple things I did forget that as you move, as people move up in their their drinking experience of time, I uh, should totally have uh, one of them is a champagne stopper. Uh, basic champagne stoppers kind of look like this weird little theme park claw, with uh, usually with a a, a metal uh, nipple on the inside. Most of the time they're spring loaded as well, so you can actually press that onto the top of your champagne bottle, and then the claws on the side grip just under the rim or the lip of the uh, champagne bottle neck and make a nice little pressurized seal to keep your champagne bottle fresh for uh, at least another day versus f running out of carbonation in a couple hours. Um, so just drink it. <laughs> or you just drink it. I uh, I get headaches from champagne. And especially if I'm using it for like like a topper on a, That's on a what cocktail. That's for. You know, if you, yeah. But if you're doing a champagne float or prosecco float, or, or something else carbonated, I understand. Um, I held on to a bottle of champagne for like three months this summer because 
that's how long it took me to get friends to drink it with me. So uh, we mentioned ice buckets, and I think we've got ice scoops. Uh, but get an ice scoop as well. Uh, using a solo cup isn't always necessary. <laughs> and uh, I, it's, I've been surprised because I, I didn't have scoops at home for a while. And then when I started doing like more events, or a lot of times when I go do conferences, I set up a bar in my room because that's how I socialize now. People will be like, "Oh wow, you have an ice scoop." Yeah. Why is that impressive? Uh, but for some reason, it just adds a bit because of class. Because most people only make drinks in their house. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and if you have to use a scoop for your own giant drinks, you you might be overdoing it. <laughs> you might be an alcoholic. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there was ah, there's one other thing I saw and I forgot what it was. Um, and, and I suppose we can always end there. And I think we yeah, because I think we've gone past essentials. Yes. And uh, a lot of nice to have, but yeah, there's a lot of shows we're going to do where people are going to learn how to use some of this stuff. Um, <laughs> yes. And if they'll ever need it. So, but what about, what about history? So, what about history? We, we've, we've done almost an hour. We have. We didn't do any history, so. So, we haven't. And I, I think we might have to save that as a whole themed show and just do like, let's talk about bars in time, 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 <laughs> space, space, okay. space, space. I mean, I, I want to, um, but uh, yeah, we did. We recorded a lot today, and it's our first episode. Well, and I'm fine with that, but I think we should have pared down what was actually basic. I think our idea of basic is far beyond what anybody really needs to start. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I put, so I put, you know what, I overplan sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I want to talk about, like, well, if you already know you're really into cocktails, well, let's go whole hog. You just spent a couple hundred dollars, five thousand dollars. Build yourself a bar. Don't, don't do that. Oh, shit. Something just fell down. Oh, it was the knife. I'm glad I still have toes. You know the largest one I brought out? That's the one that fell down. Of course it did. Yeah. Cool. We need to show them all the knives. I hope you've learned your lesson without losing the toe. So, so dangerous. It doesn't want to go back into its home. All right. Well, you know, yeah. Let's let's maybe we should stop before I lose toes. But uh, yeah, it's it's just like how about this? Just like we recommended different levels of hey, you're just starting out. Maybe you're a little getting into more cocktail stuff. Bars have also changed over time as to what's just in them, uh, what's stocked there based on what's popular and what's just available. Because uh, once ice became a thing, bars changed. <laughs> right? Holy moly. And that was only, what, 130 years ago. So for, and, and people have been drinking a lot longer than that. So there's, there's a lot uh, that has shifted in time. Uh, and then, like... I was did I did a disco thing for a while for a friend of mine that's like oh let's do disco cocktails a lot of cream a lot of cream back then um, gross <laughs> white Russians that's from the disco era uh, I like white Russians I I used to like white Russians I should say I'm I'm not mad at them but oh my gosh like that's who wants to get drunk on 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 several ounces of cream I mean. I didn't use heavy cream. Who wants to get so drunk that they're seeing pictures that pictures of again. them at parties 
And there is something to be said about getting drunk on a milkshake because <laughs> kind of where it's going. That's yeah, yeah. I'd find I've I've been in that crowd before. I get a boozy milkshake, sign me up. Yeah. Damn it. Um, I I didn't do a featured cocktail today, partly because just because of planning and whatnot. Um, oh, I did skip over a couple bullet points there. But uh, what were you were you drinking during the show today? What were, you, what were you drinking? How about so, that? So, I, I don't recommend it. It's the Kraken Black Spice Rum and Ginger Beer in a can. I like Kraken Spice Rum. Mm-hmm. I like Ginger Beer. We we discussed that on the Dragon Con Takeover show. So, I figured this would be fine. We were having a campfire and people over. Cans. Great for that. And it's, it's not very good. <laughs> like, it's just not. The Ginger Beer doesn't have any bite. It tastes like it's a little oversweetened. I don't know if they added more stuff because, you know, they don't have to put yeah, those kind add, of details on these. Uh, natural flavors and caramel color. Yeah. So it just was – they're they're pretty meh and a little yeah. too sweet for me. But I had this rosemary simple in the fridge. So after a sip, I added a bunch of this. Much better. Now. Yes. That's why we – Even though this is sugar – the rosemary totally does a thing uh, and kind of brings out the spices that were buried in whatever the hell else they put in this can. So. Nice. I was drinking Aperol with uh, non-alcoholic hop water, <laughs> fuzzy water. Uh, some, sometimes I don't drink. Uh, I don't like to drink every night of the week anymore. Uh, so I, I will draw in a non-alcoholic hoppy seltzer, essentially. Uh but then on other nights, it'd be like, oh, hey, oh, let's just throw a little Amaro or a little uh, cordial in there or something and just crank it up a little bit. Uh, and, yeah. and this was delicious. I was actually surprised. It worked very, very well together. Aperol's a little bit sweeter um, in general. So it, it really worked against the hoppiness. It was a good little refresher. I like it. Nice. I mean, I really was only drinking in the middle of the week because we were having a show, and I knew you were going to ask me what I was drinking. So. Yeah. I, and I want to get rid of these. <laughs> that's so. That's another thing I do besides bitters. All right, we're, we're over for an hour. But um, anytime I'm like at a new place and I stop by a bar and like they or a liquor store and they have like their canned cocktails and I see one I haven't seen before, I'm like all right, I just have to grab three or four of those. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna have to try those. They have old fashions and stuff like that now, and I'm a little. I, I can't be offended unless I try it first. Of of all the ones you'll see, the old fashions tend to be better. Uh, when you get into stuff like, it's a Mai Tai, it's a whatever. No, it, it's just awful. Some of the old fashions have been okay. I'll put it that way. Like They're not great. But of all the canned cocktails, they tend to come out the best. Probably because it's just so few ingredients and you pretty much have to do it right. Or somewhat right. Uh, or Meridian, I think, is one of them that makes them. And they're, they're the most decent. Um, all right, are we ready to wrap? Sure. Right. Other oh, show. Sorry. I'll just set myself up for my own jokes. It's fine. Uh, so, uh, first of all, if anyone uh, has any comments or questions or or thoughts on things we might have missed for today, feel free to email us. At uh, actually, we're at uh, tipplethory at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a website, tipplethory.com. It's 
it exists. <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest going to patreon.com slash tipple theory mm. because you can message us there. You can see whatever videos and audio we post. You can take a look at our levels of support and and get involved. Ask us questions. What do you want to hear about? Booze. Well, I mean, and not booze. History. Right. We're going to get there, I promise. It, it's the plan. Mm. Oh, yeah, booze, booze and time, booze, booze history, alcohol, mixing, anything in that genre we're probably going to be talking about over the course of this show. And on our next episode... We'll be talking about one of the ancient spirits. Vodka. Vodka. Let's go. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the primary cornerstones of any bar uh, and distillery, uh, for that matter. Uh, and so, please tune in for the next episode. Send us a message because I'd like to hear from you too. And we'll see you next time. Like, follow, subscribe, review wherever you're listening, and let us know where you're listening. 